To the first comics news podcast. Welcome to a very special episode of the first comics news podcast, PAX East. Post-show. Post-show, review, wrap-up. Uh, my name is Matthew Suchek. I'm the senior editor of FirstComicsNews.com. And I'm Gabriel Easley, and I am a reviewer for FirstComicsNews.com. And man of action. Man, All right. of, man of action. I actually went through my old badges and found that I had... Uh, I've been going since 2011. So, 2011, 12, 13, 14, 15, yes, five years. I believe they the first one was 2010, which Hashies. which I did not know about until it had happened. <laughs> uh, so I believe uh, that was it. I didn't get up there. I think that was uh, the year I moved into the house here. So I had a lot of stuff and yeah, I things going on. Yeah, I just wasn't paying attention. But I've gone every year since. But this was your first time going to the big city. <laughs> uh, just a small town boy going to the big city. You know, I was I was looking at things. There was a John Denver song in the background as I was pointing at buildings. Yeah, a lot of montages. Yeah, well, we did. It took a, it really took a montage to get there. Yes, it was a hell of a walk from South Station. Uh, what were your overall thoughts for a first time convention goer? Well, first time pass goer, I really, uh, I was blown away from. From getting the get go, I mean, I really, you kind of when you go to a comic con, you kind of know what to expect in that context, you know. Uh, Pax East was massive. I think was that what fifty six thousand? Yeah, right around I think sixty thousand. So, and that was Friday morning, day day one, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, once you hit the convention hall, even even with media badges, it's it filled up quite fast. Tough to get around. Very tough. Well, we yeah we hit the exhibitors. Um, and mostly kind of get a feel for things. Do a do a once around, and I think the once around took us about three or four hours. Sure. Um, but uh, I unbelievable organization. The way they had everything leveled off uh, was very impressive, and as I as I told you, there were a couple of comic conventions that could have learned from that level of organization. Yeah, they had uh, plenty of volunteers, plenty of enforcers around, keeping track of things, keeping the, the panels moving in and out. <laughs> Some wacky enforcers. Yes, they you know people think it's their job to entertain. Yes. It is not, however. Uh, I mean, it's changed a lot over the years. It, uh, a lot of people stopped coming. I mean, I remember uh, Sony had a big booth for Last of Us. Uh, they didn't have a presence. Ubisoft had a huge presence one year with Watch Dogs and Assassin's Creed. This year they had a lanyard presence. 
Yeah, they were well represented on your lanyard. What was the lanyard? I didn't even look at it. Uh, Ubisoft lanyard. For what? It just said Ubisoft. Oh, all right. <laughs> uh, so a lot of big players. Nintendo came back this year after skipping last year. Had a small booth. Uh, the biggest change in the last five years has been the expansion of uh, streaming video sites like Twitch and YouTube and all the, the niche you know, League of Legends channels and such. Twitch was all over it. Yeah, they had a corner booth, and they clogged up the aisles two, rows, two rows over with people watching shows. Uh, maybe something to be moved somewhere else. I think if they're going to... If they're gonna turn that into a feature, a, a YouTube, Twitch kind of area, uh, maybe I mean you don't want to stick them in a corner, but maybe in an area where it's not affecting traffic so much. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking. You know where the queue area was? Sure. Yeah, so if you've never been to a PAX, there's a, the big expo floor. Then there's a big empty queue area where they queue up in the morning. And they have autograph signings and stuff. And then there's the tabletop. I would like to see them on the edge of the queue area. That's a good idea because Stage a lot of facing times, out. A lot of times that's just empty space. As soon as the queue's done, it's just empty space. But if you could get that them facing into the queue, have their crowds go out there. Uh, you could, you know, still hear them from the, you know, have the video displays on the other side, so they're part of the right the expo floor. But allow the people to mass up, sit down, and watch the shows without impeding all the other booths and traffic and flow. Because the booths were in action, they had a lot going on. The Blizzard booth, you, every the Blizzard have a game. Uh, Overwatch. Overwatch. Yeah. I wouldn't have known 5v5. by the lines. Yes. This was all about, uh, this used to be about free-to-play, free to team-based, uh, we're going to make money selling, I don't know what. Well, it, yeah, free-to-play is definitely the new model for yeah, even Even Cliffy B said, how are you going to make money? <laughs> well, we're going to make money maybe selling outfits. Skins. Skins yeah, that's is what the name of the to. game. Yep. You're free-to-play. Your competitive nature will get the better of you, and you'll plunk down ten dollars here and there. And before yep. you know it, you'll have paid a hundred dollars for a game that we told you was free. And I wonder if there's a well, I wonder. There's definite tax advantages to doing that too. Well, I'm sure there is. You know, instead of all the money one year, then nothing, have a steady income spread out over five years. If you could get sixty dollars one year or ten dollars for six years, it's better to get the you know, spread it out a little bit. Yeah, I would, I would imagine so. But yeah, you had a huge presence from. Uh, Blizzard's area was clogged the entire time with people Outrageous. Overwatch, which looked pretty I like pretty the Western cool. guy. Every <laughs> yeah. time I saw it, I was like, a Western game? A Western. It's only Overwatch. Um, and then Gigantic was on the swag bag, and they had a booth upstairs and downstairs, and they were all... I think they actually got high honors from the crowd... This one. I, but that was always jam packed too. And it was a kind of a team fortress two League of Legends style game. Um and then there was League of Legends, of course. Um, not the, quite the presence they had last time. Not year, really, Christ. no. No, they just kind of said, Yep, Windows ten will be on it. Yeah, last year was the first time I'd ever heard of League of Legends, like in seeing it. And it's only because I couldn't get by their booth. 
<laughs> because they're having some sort of championship and you couldn't move. It was just packed in there on the big screen. This year, their presence came in the form of a a swag bag item, which was a free skin for a character. Oof. Happy days. Yes, big time. Happy um, days. What I'll tell you what shocked me the most from uh, initially the sheer magnitude of the Magic the Gathering section and how full it was for three straight days. That's you would have you would have thought it was a Magic the Gathering convention at some points if you just looked to your left as you walked in. Uh, it was half. Um, I would say half of the. Section cordoned off for non-computer games, non-console games, was there was a board game tabletop area and a Magic the Gathering area. And it was was packed the entire time. Yeah, that Magic section was just for the organized play. And I thought, man, you're at PAX. You're playing Magic the Gathering three days in a row. Yeah. If it makes them happy, I, if it makes them happy, you could you could also play it at home. <laughs> but on the flip side of that, they had a Dungeons and Dragons section that was you could Lackluster. walk right by and was it six tables? You could you could and did walk right by because it was cordoned off in a tent, kind of like Madame Teacups something or other. Yes. I had no idea it was Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, didn't pay any attention to it. No idea whatsoever. And yeah, there were ten. Six-person tables packed into this area. Um, no big sign that said D&D. No, nothing like that. And which is, uh, you know, made more ironic by the fact that they always do a huge two-hour Dungeons & Dragons game with the founders of PAX. Yep. And, uh... Scott Kurtz and, and Scott Kurtz and Patrick Roberts. Yeah, it used to be a. Was it Will Wheaton? It was Will Wheaton was the intern. Um, I think they had some scheduling conflicts, and then I think they I think was it something something about Dick Wolves. Dick Wolves. I believe Will Wheaton did not like Dick Wolves. Uh, and onward he went. <laughs> and then they brought in Patrick Rothfuss, and then he had a scheduling conflict, so they brought in Morgan Webb from G Four. Yeah. Fame, and she did not make it this year. She must have been another scheduling conflict, or she also died at the end of the last one. I think. No. Either way, Patrick Rothfuss was back and hilarious. Good. Yeah, um, I, mean, I mean, in years past, they had a big D and D. Even on the conference floor, there was a big area you could roll dice and you know get costumes were dressed up and you get pictures with the dragon and stuff so it was oh, kind of wow. kind of disappointing uh for wizards considering how much of a presence they had for magic yeah uh, and disappointing for me because i really crave that kind of that kind of interaction but there was a lot of board gaming board gaming is is definitely here to stay yeah a cheap mass produced Cardboard. Cardboard and plastic. It's uh, Everyone can make a game now. Kickstart it and off you go. And everyone has. Yes. And just because you can does not mean you should. A lot of games that looked interesting. Uh, what was it? Uh, Cabalts. 
kickball. You were all over Chaos Ball. Chaos Ball, yes. Which was a cool mini or not <laughs> Kickstarter, which is a, it's kind of like a new and improved Blood Bowl style game. Um, heard amazing things about it. Even people we talked to said it was really fun. Yeah. And uh, we saw it being packed up. We so thought, oh, that, that sure looks like it was fun. But I did notice the big pile of unpainted miniatures. Which you would never paint no. in a million years. Which would dampen my enthusiasm, because I'm a pre-painted guy. You, yes, and if I'm... If my uh, calculations are correct, you you'll probably also have to glue them together as well. Yeah, see, that's something I I don't think deserves a boxed game. Not, not deserves, but if if you could just get the table, the board, you know, for ten dollars, whatever, you just bought your team. Let's say thirty-five dollars, because it comes with what six teams in the box. Yeah, something like you know, that. Yeah, make it like thirty bucks a team, but have them painted. You know. So you you buy a team for thirty thirty five, I buy a team for thirty five, and ten bucks for the board we can play. Yeah, I don't need six teams it's... of unpainted, plastic, <laughs> unglued miniatures. I'd rather buy a, a higher quality and have my team. Well, I never know. I never know what the the rule is on pre painted minis because I keep every time you try and get a, a straight answer out of Wizards of the Coast or WizKids or uh, Paizo on. Why their pre-painted minis cost a, a stack of actual gold? You can you never get a straight answer. They, it's always well, you we can't they can't be cheap because we have to randomize them. Yeah, but these want to be randomized exactly because you buy your teams. So you don't know if it's. Uh, I'm just saying that if they offered a higher quality product of one team that was painted, I'd I'd, be, I'd spend fifty dollars on a quality team. That I could just be like, this is my team. I'm going to tweak it a little bit, but it looks good. Then having six teams, four of which I probably won't appeal to me, and have them all <laughs> look like clumps of plastic. Yeah, they really went overboard with uh, the amount of teams you could do. But that was that was kind of their Kickstarter reward thing. Where, you know, when you get on Kickstarter and you're bidding it up, you got to keep these people happy. So you can't just say, oh, well, um, here's one mini. They had a stack of teams ready to go, I'm sure. Or, or at least they had a stack of teams kind of conceptualized. That depending oh, yeah. on how successful the Kickstarter was, they could just throw it out there and go, oh, and here's, you know, here's the werewolf team. Yeah. Here's the drunk cowboys. Yeah, see, I'm all about the drunk cowboy team. Let's make <laughs> it happen. You don't like the actual cowboys, though. You know, that, the football team? Yeah. A bunch of assholes. America's assholes. America's assholes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, tons of table games, uh, a lot of card games, and all kinds of crap. It's a great gaming expo. Everyone, you know, I'll say uh, everyone seemed to be having fun. Like, you know, a lot of times you just get you know, at conventions, you get these people who seem angry about everything. Yeah, and people seem to have fun. A lot of, uh, except for jostling on the floor, you know, because it was so packed. Yeah. Everyone seemed to be polite. There was no real shenanigans coming I, in line or no fights, no was, drunkenness. <laughs> no drunkenness. I was thinking about that uh, today. Yeah, it, everyone was genuinely there to have a good time because they loved games and just the atmosphere. It was uh, very positive. I don't know. 
I don't know where some people get these crazy notions that uh, the gamers are just out there throwing punches and calling people <laughs> shitbags, but everyone was very civil. I mean, considering, I mean, you think gamers are, are a niche group, but there's different subsets of it. Sure. Yeah, you, know, you got your role players, you got your magic players, you got your anime tabletop gamers, you got your video game Call of Duty guys, you got your... I even saw a couple of guys rolling some dice in the corner. It's out of control. They had their cardboard laid out on the floor, and they were slinging dice. Nice. There was even a Mahjong uh, training That's session right, there going was. on. I mean, they had... It was great. It was like a carnival of games. <laughs> but, you know, you, you, but yeah, a lot of t- times they have these impressions of, uh, you know, like the Call of Duty jock, you know. Oh, yeah, the gung-ho. Obnoxious gung-ho people. Gu- gun bros. Yeah, and, you know, there's Halo championships going on and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, it would seem respectful. There was no, like, insults being hurtled or, you know, it was, it was very, it was well, fun. A... I mean, I took my son on Sunday and had no problems. Oh, yeah. You know. That kid was... All over the place. I didn't see him frown at any point. Yes, I look forward to when he's twelve and saying I never did anything with him. <laughs> it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun day when that happens. Looking forward to it. <laughs> I so I had I did have one uh, one problem that I I thought was well what I thought was gonna be a problem oh. b- before we went was that I was looking up the panel and I. And it looked quite lackluster to me. And you you mentioned that it, it was a step down from previous years. Big time. I mean, we had Uncharted panels. We had Halo panels. We had histories of Dungeons and Dragons. We had, uh, I think last year or two years ago, they had a classic arcade uh, panel where they had four, five, maybe six people who worked on the old uh, uh, Asteroids games and everything. The arcade games. All wow. the programmers up on stage talking about... You know, the late 70s, early 80s, telling stories from about Midway and Atari. And then sign your, you know, people brought 2,600 cartridges and stuff, <laughs> oh, and they were wow, signing cool. it. And it was fantastic. And uh, they had a, an, a classic game appraisal show where you could bring in your old game memorabilia and like, games, and they'd appraise them and talk about my, the history. Here's my Atari 2,600 Indiana <laughs> Jones. What's this worth? Yeah. But there was a lot of things like that. And this, this year... Ever since the Dick Wolf uh, incidents of 2012, uh, where he was a bully and he was against transgender, they went out of their way. They gave him their own rooms. They gave him relaxation. They printed it in the in the, the programs. It's true. They, it, you could tell that someone, someone in the money department was like, "All right, they've been howling for blood." And so there was a, there were panels on, you know, every social issue you could possibly imagine. Don't, don't clap because you might kill <laughs> endangered species. Uh, but thankfully, I don't think very many people actually showed up to those panels. But on the flip side, it sucked because it took up valuable space for nonsensical. 70 people showing up panels. Yeah. And gone are the days of uh, where Nintendo podcasts would have like uh, Nintendo trivia challenges. You know, and they'd have a couple hundred people doing Nintendo trivia for fun. Wow. You know, it's, you know, pretty straightforward. Uh, socially, you know, we found 
four panels of interest over the three days? Well, Friday, we just walked the floor because I looked at the panel selection and it was utter garbage. I, so I, didn't, I don't want to go to a panel and get yelled at because I'm a dude. I don't want to go to a panel and get yelled at because I like a certain kind of a game. Um, and that's pretty much what you're asking for. When you, when you have a panel that's labeled, you know, why, why are the X group being attacked by Y group? If you're part of Y group, then you should probably just go to the classic console arcade and remember how crappy Mortal Kombat is. Oh, first Mortal Kombat we tried playing was dreadful. <laughs> dreadful. And I thought, oh, wow, yeah, I got a Raiden. And it was also run by a different group this year. It wasn't the Where's Beach. Uh, it wasn't fun, a fun spot. Fun spot, which brought an amazing assortment down. This had a lot of emulators and, uh, you know. I was all hyped up to meet the dude that plays Centipede with his feet. <laughs> Yeah, it was, was alright. I mean, they had the Steel Battalion again. They had the classic console room. Uh, actually, I don't know if they had the classic console room like they did previous well, years. And and there was a special treat with, for this year's Steel Battalion. When we passed it by and uh, we ran into some of your friends dressed as the Disney princesses. Yep, the five Disney princesses played Steel Battalions. Yep. Look that, for them in USA Today. Yep, they, they were featured in the USA Today... Um, I, did we mention that they were dudes? Of course. Okay. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, well, otherwise, where's the humor? <laughs> um, yeah. So the Friday Friday panels were kind of a wash, but Saturday we really drummed some up. Um, the first one was uh, we met, I guess we missed it, but the the Killer Instinct panel or. We got in there, and man, I was impressed by, well, I'll just say it. The ghost girl was an amazing character reveal. Her little spider crawl thing. Is, yeah. Basically, they, they, they kind of did the tropey ring, mm -hmm. Japanese girl, creepy girl, yeah, dead, dead girl. young girl, black, long black hair, and white she, dress. And she, like... Her move, she was very slow, but then she would do this little spider crawl thing. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it was, it was giving cool. me the creeps. Right? Uh, Killer Instinct, I, you know, I play the game on the Xbox One. Not very good at it. It's a tough game. It is. But, uh, I mean, it's always fun to listen to the designers, the people who are, who run the games, you know, designing of the passionate people who, you know, talking about their creation. I mean, it's, you can tell there's a lot of joy on their faces when they, you know, they spent so much time programming and, and you know, logistics and logic yeah, and, and I mean, legal. If you, and, if you don't know anything about that, I mean, that is a coding is a thankless job. It is. Yes. The whole industry is I never want to work in the video game industry. <laughs> I mean, unless you're one of the top tier people. Right. I mean, you just get laid off. You get hired. You get laid off. You get hired. Right. I mean, it, it, it's just horrible. And, uh. But it's nice to see the people talk about their creations and, and give a sneak peek and have an enthusiastic group. Yeah, it was, it was great when uh, the guy would say, "Well, how do, you guys, uh, you guys know such and such," and you know the hardcore fans like screaming. You know when you duck and pull back twice and then uppercut? How well, this, of course, oh, yeah. And everyone's <laughs> like, "Oh, I know where this is going." <laughs> but I. It's, we did that with, uh, like I said, Capcom did a panel, 30th anniversary, talked about all their stuff, did the DuckTales oh, wow. reveal, we all sung the DuckTales song, 
in years past, I went to Uncharted, where they showed Uncharted 3. None of that was happening. Uh, none of that. Halo, the big reveal there. It's, uh... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it was tough this year. But we did Killer Instinct. We got our little Penny Arcade pin. Yep. We uh, drummed up, uh... My brother actually clued me into the Obsidian Pillars of Eternity. Um... He he couldn't attend, so he kept texting me to go talk to people he knew, and I, and I said, "Oh, sure, I'll do that," and I didn't. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm glad that I went to that one because I am. Uh, let's just say Baldur's Gate Two and Planescape Torment are my are my favorite games of all time, which is weird to say because a lot of people don't really like the that kind of team combat RPG. Yes, game. I I forced myself to have to go to the bathroom so I could leave you, early. You <laughs> actually sat down said, this looks like about 1997. Yeah. I'm going to watch someone play a 1997 computer game for but, an hour. But let me correct you because it was well improved over the Baldur's Gate 2 and, and Planescape. Uh, there were a few issues with those games. But very exciting. There's a lot of a lot of great correlations from the old games to this new game, and the, the people that kickstarted it are going to be thrilled shitless. Thrilled shitless. And just like the people who uh, reached under their seats prematurely and got their free Pillars of Eternity code, um, at which was you, you got your free code and. Skedaddled. Skedaddled. Skedaddled right up the you side You said, door. all right, I'm going to drop a deuce, and I'll meet you later. Yeah, to be honest, I, I got it before the panel even began. But I made it about 20 minutes in until they started playing the game. And everyone was like, oh, I remember this. And there's all kinds of yes, oboing and yeah, shit. And like, I was like, I just, Like, I'm looking around, this and, is and my kindred spirits are like, yes, yes. This is horrible. This is going to sit here and watch someone play this game for 40 minutes, aren't I? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Maybe it's, maybe it's poop time for me. And that's exactly what I did. You're at a convention all day. You you need to make time for yourself. Yeah, it was nice to have some quiet time. Yeah. I walked in, there was nobody in line, so I took my time, and I left, and there was like 14 people standing there waiting for the stall. Well, that's going to happen at any... I was whistling. Look, I, I thought let I had me, a place Let me put it myself. this way. If you're at PAX East, or any PAX, and you're thinking... You're just going to make a quick stop to the bathroom stall. You've got to remember that there are people in there with their 3DS playing games. Getting the street passes. Even Getting on the, the street toilet. passes on the toilets. Yep. As disgusting as that is, it's the nature of the beast. I'd do something in there. <laughs> um, and then we actually rounded out our, our panel day with a surprise Flitty Bee. <laughs> Bosky, yeah. Bosky showed up and uh, doing the reveal gave us a, a bit of a reveal there. Yeah, talked about how to start a company and how it came about. Uh, Cliffy B as irreverent as ever. I, I was kind of, uh, I was kind of amused by the whole thing, to be honest with you. Why that he was such like because a, because he was standing in the corner like, uh, oh geez, like a politician. Him and the poor oh, guys. And, and the announcer's like, and now, let's bring him up, Cliffy D, Cliffy B. And, and like, everyone just kind of sitting there. It was like, no applause, no no ovation, no, 
It's just like they walked up on stage and sat down. I was like, I wonder if we were... The way they did that, it was like, I think they were expecting a plot. I mean, well, he has he's been, you know... He was in the room, standing there. But but he has been in egg, his uh, self-imposed exile for some years, after years of war, you know what I mean? It's right. like, he was like, well, I'll triumphantly return here. Yes. And he and he is a legend in his own mind, so he was, there probably, was, a, he was probably like, all right, just introduce me and I'll get this crowd pumped. Yeah, there was a res- was it respectful silence <laughs> as, he, <laughs> as he as he rolled past and you said I thought he would be much taller. Yes, well he was in the room standing off to the side, so I was like, well, why is he just up there? Like everyone else, we walked in, they're already up there seated. Yeah, so they actually went out of the way to introduce him so he could come up on stage. And well, then, the, but that was the nature of it because they were they dynamically introduced the whole team. I, I just thought it was funny that nobody clapped. Well. <laughs> it was like he came across the stage like this, and we were all just like, "I wonder what swag we're getting." I'm sure happy you're here. <laughs> well, the, in hindsight, it just struck me as funny how they did that. I hope someone recorded it so I, I can watch again. I'll be honest with you; I was more excited about Tremel Isaac being up there, right. the sharp dressed man. Yes, then the, the, the guy with the tie. The guy with the tie. The The guy you didn't talk to despite standing there. The smoothest dude in gaming. Well, that was another one of my brother's requests. Because he he was the art director of Planetside 2 forever before he quit to join Bosky. And, of course, my brother is a Planetside 2, you know, champion, so... Sounds like a great man. It's another one of those, hey, this is my Twitter buddy. Right. Give, him, give him a ring. And I didn't. But they had, they had a nice panel. We got a shirt. Uh, kind of, it was fun. They were highly entertaining. And they were. It was, it was interesting, again, the logistics behind the scenes. And there were some really great audience questions uh, regarding all manner of, of uh, game creation, of how they felt. Being a mid-tier team, what the, what their ideas on free-to-play models were. Um, one one very important thing I walked away with was the quote from Cliffy B that game balance is a myth. It is a myth. You just feel like it is balance. Someone was asking about the or some kind of quad damage from yeah. Quick and. Of course, he brings up Quake to Cliffy B, who creates Unreal. Yes. Um, Cliffy B. <laughs> Still with the leather jacket with the collar. Oh, he had the pop collar. He wasn't. He's not. He's not going out like that. Nope. It was. It was fun, and I actually got quite a bit out of that. Um, but not not a uh, selfie. I didn't. No, you got a selfie. I got a selfie with Cliffy B. Yeah, you had him sign your your uh, swag shirt. shirt too. Yeah, yeah. I, I was all over that. Shit. Yeah, well, you were. Cl- you were yeah. Here's how big of a fan you were. You were calling him Cliffy D. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You just get excited by the moments. And I said, "How about a selfie, Cliffy B?" And he was like, "Sure." You like my games? I was like, "I don't know," but. Gears of War. But there's 40 people standing here, and I walked up, and I said, I want a selfie. And I went and to the front of the one. line and got it. And then I left. Well, I dropped the smoke it. pellet and disappeared <laughs> with my swag. <laughs> I looked over, he was gone. Yep. Uh, but that was, uh, that was a really... I, I say we we milked the panel teat for all we could get. Yeah, it was a small teat. 
<laughs> and there was not a lot to be had, but we we got enough to keep us going and rest our weary feet. Yep, yep, we did. Which um, is the point of panels after all. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you something. The uh, Boston Convention Center has some damn comfortable chairs. Wow. Those mesh, like you kind of sink into them. Oh. It was, those are great. I, You know, I didn't get to avail myself of the uh, the beanbag areas. Those beanbags were filled from morning to night. Let me tell you what. When you see a 50-year-old man knocked out sleeping like a baby. With a Pikachu shirt not covering his belly quite enough. And he's curled up with his 3DS and or... Bag of Fritos. <laughs> with, with just a smile on his face as he slowly slumbers. No one sleeps. No one sleeps that well. Yeah. He fell asleep Friday night and woke up Sunday at 5. He was like, Pax! Best packs ever! <laughs> Coming back. Yes. Yeah, is it too early to book for next year? Uh, the the Fernando thing, uh, we didn't get to do our double uh, dance dance off uh, on the stage there. Yeah, that's, uh, I think that's pretty well played out. Uh Past years, they, people had a lot of fun. Uh, every time I walked by, it was like one kid up there. It's always one or two people yeah, now. It's, it's, uh, you yeah. don't get the whole. Don't get now, when group. Rock Band Four comes out, if they do that stage, you know, with some, with some well, fresh stuff, that may be interesting. But and that brings us back down to the hall where Rock Band Four had a big. Yeah, they announced it two days before the convention. Yeah. Uh, I had just sold my PS4. Well played. And they said, "All if you own a PlayStation Three, you can upgrade all your songs for free." And I have all my songs on my PS Three. And <laughs> uh, well, I guess I'll be buying that again. again. Yeah, I mean, I never bought a lot. I bought about like Maybe. seven or eight songs, so it's not no big loss. Oh well. Yeah, I mean, I've, uh, I was never, <laughs> I was never that invested in it. I mean, uh, I was invested enough to have a. a Rock band band the ruptured scrotums with T-shirts made, but never enough to buy the downloadable content. Wow, the ruptured scrotums. The ruptured scrotums. My, we had uh, ours was Speed Queen thirteen. Speed, oh, that's nice too. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, named after a washing machine brand. Yeah, our our, <laughs> our our ruptured scrotums was a big splot of like blood, with white semen spread within and the outline of a, a guitarist. <laughs> <laughs> it was like splattered art into his I let me tell you that is far too avant-garde for me <laughs> <laughs> no it, it was great we had uh we had Luis on drums and Tom on uh guitar with me on guitar and we Tom, Luis was a great drummer for a Latino man but <laughs> I don't know what that means <laughs> <laughs> we would play uh we we had all we have all of them over there on PS3 Rock Band Lego Rock Band Guitar Hero Metallica Guitar Hero Green Day Guitar Hero Aerosmith I was and looking the, at those the other day and Guitar Hero uh, Beatles yeah, uh, Beatles yeah. Rock Band or whatever and uh, <laughs> we were playing I put it up because we did Metallica and uh, we rocked it yeah some of those songs are hard put in the Beatles and Luis is like well, he's like I, I never heard any of these songs. You ever heard any of the Beatles what? songs? He's like, no, but Latino. I don't listen to the Beatles. <laughs> so we're like, he's just like, after every song, I want to hold your hand. What the hell is this song about? I don't understand what the hell they're trying to tell me. And uh, they had a, 
one of the songs. I used to be cruel to my woman. I beat her and kept her apart from the things that she loves. Man, I was mean, but I'm changing my seed and I'm doing the best that I can. Got to admit, it's getting better. It's getting better all the time. He stops the song. He beats her? <laughs> I was like, oh, God. Let's just put back in Metallica. I, yeah. I, can't, I can't take it. Everything. Strawberry Fields. Don't even. Maxwell Silverhammer, I'm sure. Well. I don't think they, I don't know if that one was on there. Or not. Oh, but I remember, like, Strawberry Fields forever. I mean, he was befuddled. He was like, I don't know what oh, yeah. to make of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, it, it was good, but they announced it right before the uh, the convention, so they had all the banners and everything. Yep. And you could buy a limited edition PAX East Rock Band 4 guitar for $100. Hey. Only place to get it, and I did not. Because nope. I don't want one. You did not. Nope. What, um, and let's talk about some of the other bigger uh, attraction <laughs> scenes. There was a Star Trek um, Timelines booth where you could and they kind of had the old school 60s enterprise bridge where yeah. you could get some photos get some photos for free on the bridge of the enterprise with a bucket of tribbles if you want if you wanted uh, i don't really know what they were promoting though it it looked like a ipad game oh okay it's hard to tell these days because they all have ipads for everything yeah so but they had that's the, the thing they were showing off the game on i don't know if it was just videos or an interactive thing but I don't care. I just wanted my photo. Yeah. <coughs> you got a good one with uh, your son. Yeah, I did. Um, Capcom had the Monster Hunter, Hunter 4 with yep. all the tints. Cool looking thing. They even had the caravan in the middle of the store. It was yep. You go up into the caravan. And let me tell you, I went up there with Lucas and uh, they had some prints that were absolutely beautiful. For like fifteen twenty dollars. I know you had some cash burning a hole in your pocket. I, and I, I didn't buy them because because uh, I didn't have my tube, and I knew I wouldn't get a poster home without it getting crushed. No. But they had one. It was it was like you know uh, like three feet long, maybe a foot tall, and it was like of a field and like a dragon off the one side. Whoa. And it was it was beautiful. I mean, it was it was beautiful, uh, beautiful stuff. They had a uh, monster jerky. I mean, everything was themed. It was it was very cool, uh, very cool. And the tents were awesome. Yeah, those. I were mean, neat. it just looked cool. I mean, they did such a great job with that booth. Um, and uh, kind of on the opposite of that was the Nintendo setup, which was essentially what eight podiums with DSs on them. Yeah, DSs strapped to them. Uh, pretty much the standard. This uh, booth they've had for years. Yeah. 3DS displays. I mean, la the last couple ones, they had three, uh, Wii U games on one or two of them. That's where I first played uh, Rayman and uh, one of the other ones. And this, the only Wii U game they had this time was Splatoon. Which looks cool. It looks cool, but the line was too long. Too long for us. Yes. Uh, but I did try the new Puzzles and Dragons Mario edition, uh, which my son Lucas called the game of the... The game of the convention, and he wants to buy it. Yes, he was very hyped up on that. I we played Code Steam. Code Steam. Um, Time travel. Quite confused. Turn -based strategy. Yeah, that's something you need. There's like an hour tutorial to work your way through, and it's tough yeah. to jump right into it. What is not tough to jump into was Zelda. Majora's Mask. Majora's Mask. That was fun. Yep, that was the first time I've ever played that game. I was playing that, and you were playing. 
Zero Blade Chronicles which 3D. you were which you declared was the game of the that game is so beautiful it's so awesome it's so spectacularly everything <laughs> and I lost you for about 30 minutes it was <laughs> I mean I played it on the Wii I must have put about 12 hours in and I don't think I really left the first city I mean it's it's just one of those games like you're playing it for like 30 hours and you're like yeah this is good you know, I must be near the end and then you realize that oh there's it's, a whole you go over the hill and there's a whole world to explore right it's like it's like oblivion where you realize that the the appropriately named yeah, game it's, it's such a weird game it's a japanese uh based game and the combat is there's a, a row of things it's a lot, a lot like warcraft mm-hmm. there's a row of attacks and you move in real time, and you can activate certain ones, and they slowly recharge. Yeah. And it's about a sword that has special powers, and uh, it, it's it's unlike any real game I've ever played for role playing. It starts off you you going through these fields and seeing mountains and stuff, and like like a bird almost swooping through. <laughs> right. And then you, you swoop out, and it pulls back, and that that whole field and that whole world is on the back of of god of a god, a big demon god. And he's fighting another demon god who has a world on his back. And it's like these two gods are fighting. It's almost like uh, Terry Pratchett. Right, and, that's what I was and, But they, they were in Mortal Kombat and they had fought and they had clashed at the same time and they froze there. Huh. And the worlds grew over time on their backs. And it, it's a really weird, deep philosophical game if you get you know deep into it. But just funny with lots of side quests, shit to do. Uh, the sequel's coming out on the Wii U this year, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X, and uh, that's, uh, yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's one of those games I'll probably take a couple days off from work, <laughs> just just so I can You're just gonna call out. And, You're just going to call out? I mean, uh, I am, I'm not feeling it I mean, I bought the new 3DS just because it can only be played, the Xenoblade Chronicles can only be played on the new systems. Because they increased the RAM and the processing power, they gave you a second nub so you can like look around easier. <laughs> oh, oh, I can't wait! I cannot wait for the Xenoblade Chronicles 3D and X to come out this year. You looked, you looked satisfied walking away from the Nintendo booth after that. Many an hour. Yeah, but there were there were other people that wanted to get in there. Um. Let's see, where else did we head? Oh, we can tell you about probably the booth that generated the most, um, I don't know about, well, yeah, I'd say interest. I'd say that the Infinite Crisis kept people around nonstop. Yes, Infinite Crisis based on the DC Universe. Uh, What is it? uh, What what do they call them? Multi-online? MMO. Yeah, is it a strict MMO or is it more of a fighting MMO? It's kind like of a fighting. Yeah. yeah. Now, there's some term for it. But they did a great job of, uh, they had four booths set up for different activities. Uh, well, they kind of created a little city. A little city with activities. Uh, you could go and get points for doing different activities. You get your picture taken. You could uh, do at ga- four games. You could take the demo. You could sign up for the newsletter. And if you got ten points, you got one level of prizes. No, it was six points. Yep. And you got uh, sunglasses. A hat or a lanyard. You got the twelve points. You got a T-shirt or a silver membership. Or if you got to twenty-four points, you got a Harley Quinn statue or the gold membership. I think there was another statue too, and uh, the Harley Quinn statues were gone early. Shocking! Shocking! Uh, because it wasn't that hard. 
And if right. you did all the games and you, and you, you took the demo, you played the game. Uh, even if you got two points out of the three, two, four, six, eight, that's 18, 19, 20, 21 for setting up for the newsletter. You get the 24. You got the like that yeah. with room to spare. Uh, we, um, I got some shirts and got hats. And yeah, got it was, we, it was a, a lot of fun too. I mean, and they we, weren't they had... dicks about it. Like my son got 12 points. So I was like, well, can he get two six point things? Are you going to be a dick and say well, you could get you know <laughs> one item per card? You know, but they're like, no, yeah, have you know take one of each and here have a lanyard too because the kids you know cute. Yeah, and they even gave him a, a Green Lantern piece of paper for making, making his airplane. own, and I'm sure that's laying around your house. But it was fun to hang out and do these games and earn. Yeah, you did. It, it was the flash cups. <clears throat> you know, the flash cups were fun, and there was the the Green Arrow. Yeah, a little uh, nerf suction, suction cup shooter yeah. and the the Green Lantern uh, construct a paper airplane, paper airplane and throw it in a hole. And uh, Wonder Woman, the highly annoying Wonder Woman, <laughs> Halo toss, yeah. which my proudest no moment was where I hit all three of them to start off. Yep, and you didn't never happened again. Yeah, well, these guys with their girlfriends humming that thing like trying to throw it through the wall. It's like getting <laughs> a light floaty touch. Just guide it in, and it'll go on the pole. Yeah, you could. Uh, yep, yeah, and you could also uh, get a shot of you as Green Lantern or Mecha Wonder Woman. Oh yeah, get your picture taken. Get another uh, three points. So there were. And then they print it out. They give it to you. They print it out, and the, the thing was, you're there and you wanted these points because you wanted the stuff. So you're hanging around the Infinite Crisis booth for an hour. Yeah. Before you even know what's going on, you've been inundated with this game for an hour. Yeah. With all this other stuff going on in the convention. It was a nice break from just standing in lines. It was, and yeah. yeah, you stood in lines, but there were smaller lines. Smaller lines. You felt like you were making some progress and you filled up the stage. It was a fun time. Yeah, it was. Lucas enjoyed that. It was it was a nice change of pace. Uh, definitely best booth, best swag. Hands down. Um, we, uh, we played the World of Ships. World of Ships. You seem to be really into that game. Yes, I I, I played for about 30 seconds and realized I hated my life. <laughs> and I was glad when I died. It was a slow-moving <laughs> battleship game that, uh, I mean, it was... I looked over, your seat was vacated. I was sitting there, you know, keeping going. I was like, oh, I got torpedoes. I'm... I'm I'm in there. I finally get taken out, and uh, I go over there. We're talking about it, and I said, "Oh yeah, I just hit the repair key. Like, <laughs> you can repair your ship." Yeah, I, I ran. I, I died, and I got up, and I was like, "I'm out. Where's my shirt? Where's my shirt? Where, uh, please, I, I do not want to play this anymore uh, because it is, it not, is not my thing." No, I think slow probably... moving ships is. Shooting each other from two miles away is not my idea. I'd say World of Tanks is probably a much better game. I could never play World of Tanks because I, I was watching the E3. It was announced for Xbox. And they had this, you know, millions of players. <laughs> oh, yeah. And In a, a worldwide world. phenomenon coming finally to the Xbox world. And my wife was like, uh-oh. <laughs> oh, and she's like, shit, I gotta play World of Warcraft on the big TV. Tanks in my way. And it was just like, oh. Crickets. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's tough, tough, tough. I've never played it. I don't even, 
Yeah, I mean, I have a 360. Is it free to play? I think it is. The download. Yeah, it should be. Uh, I can't even be bothered. But it wasn't that good. Mm, I like the the ship happens. No, no, it's holy ship. Holy ship. I still think ship happens would have been better. I think it, a different game would have been. Yeah, yeah, that was not that very good. Well, let's keep it real. It was not good. It wasn't real. No, I, I said I died and didn't want to play anymore. Yeah, you died a little inside. Uh, I went to a booth that I had long uh, admired from afar, but I actually got to lay my hands upon it. It's the Indie Box. Yeah. This is for people with money to spare. Uh, it's a subscription-based, uh, but you can order it by the month. Just get the games you want. And they're indie games that are released on Steam. Uh, Steam World Dig was mm-hmm. one of them. Uh, right, was it Risk of Rain? Uh, Super Win the Game, and uh, so on and so forth. But what they do is these games are all Steam based, you know, three uh, Wii U digital titles. <laughs> but what they do is they put a collector's edition together for the game, and yeah. they ship it out. So you get a box, you get you know trading cards, you get a little figure, you get weird oh, shit. That's right up your alley. And they had a Steam World Dig one there, and I was like, I should buy it for $25. Walk down the aisle and have the creator sign it, because I dig Ooh. that game. And then it's just paying $25 for an empty box. is just hit you. Uh, it hits you. You know, but I, I was thinking about winning the game, because they set it up like the old Nintendo, Super Nintendo boxes. Oh, right. Which That's I thought cool. was endlessly cool, but it, it's a hell of a service for $20 if you uh, if you miss the games, you know, the old... Pause for station identification. Wow, excuse me. Uh, if you remember the old LucasArts, mm-hmm. Zach McCracken with the newspapers and all the cool collector's stuff they gave, this brings it back. I also had the opportunity to try with uh, my son a game called Magnetic by Nature, which is uh, available now on the Humble Store Steam. Ooh, yeah. For well, whatever reason. Windows, it. Mac, and Linux. Uh, it's an interesting platformer where you use the positive and negative poles of magnets. I like that. To both uh, pull yourself to things and then repel yourself away from things. Uh, but my son really loved it. He, uh, he thought it was, and I was watching him play and it was clever. Cleverly designed title. Uh, that I, If it wasn't for PAX East, I never would have even known about. Sure. Um... And uh, that's said. Same can be said for uh, Night Squad, which Woo! was was rambunctiously fun. Yes. Uh, I looked at it. I saw the original Gauntlet style graphics, and immediately said, "I'm going to play this right now." And it was a complete blast. It was a one button game. One button did all your attacks. Yep. Um, Man, just it was just a it was just fun. It was stupid fun. Yeah, what they call it? Gauntlet meets speedball. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but it's uh, a lot of different modes to play. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're you're, you're grabbing uh, upgrades. Was it up, to, up to eight players. Yeah, we had eight people running around. And you know, you, you get the trophy in the middle. You have to get it back to your base. Uh, there's a whole bunch of different modes. Uh, but it was ten dollars. They had a Steam special five dollars. Yep. And it was available for the Mac. And yep. I was, I had my $5 out ready to hand it over. And then on the, on the table where you pay, there was a sign that said, Coming soon to the Xbox One. And that was the end of that. So I slid my $5 back into my wallet, <laughs> acted like I was confused, and <laughs> wandered off. 
Because I, uh, I'm not getting eight people around my computer. No. But maybe around the TV in the living room. Possibly. But that was a delight. What yeah, a surprise that was. That, that was, was a lot of fun. The, the crowds of people playing that game. But they, that's, money. That is exactly what the, the big indie maze should be looking for. Games like that, that make it fun. I, there were... I don't want to say there were not a great many games in the indie area that excited me, but there were not a great many games in the indie area that excited me. Yeah, we had one girl try to get us to play, uh, what was it, Sled Dog the game? Sled Dogs. Something um, like that. It, it was like, not everything needs a game. Hex <laughs> Filer. Like, like, we had that conundrum where it's like, well, you're kind of cute, but... However... You do have a... a, a Sled dog game that you're trying to get. I'm not, to I'm not sure about this. And uh, we're gonna have to politely just walk back away. away. Yes, back slowly. Pretend like away. we didn't hear your invitation. They go. Um, yeah, shovel knight was represented. Shovel knight, the plush sold out quick. Uh, by Sunday afternoon, they had pretty much been wiped out of everything. Uh, uh, they have a new shovel knight coming out called Shovel Knight: Plague of Shadows, which has a new playable character with. Uh, magic items and all kinds of wackiness. Uh, it's a free update to Shovel Knight coming soon to the Nintendo 3DS, Wii U, PS3, PS4, PS Vita, Xbox One, and Steam. Coming to the Vita. You know it's coming to everything. That's legitimate. <laughs> yes. So, more Shovel Knight in the future for them. Uh, Steam World Dig had their uh, new Steamworks game uh, showing off. Quite a radical departure from uh, the previous game. I'm going to have to get hands-on before I can really tell. My enthusiasm level looks very cool with the SteamWorld uh, punk motif, but kind of a slower paced. Yeah. Turn-based, I believe. I, I, I'm a sucker for turn-based RPGs, um, generally. Uh-huh. Obviously. Yeah. Well, I don't know. There was a lot of, a lot of steampunk. There's a lot of steam. A lot of steam. Um... I, I kind of thought it would had run out of steam by now. Yes, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna come on. This applaud kind of me. Behavior. Applaud me. Um, but no, I, w- I wasn't wildly excited about that. Uh, I did like. Um, I did like the few minutes I played of Boot Hill Heroes Two. Um, by 2003, the, uh, one of my games of the show. I'll tell you this. It was the indie... That that whole indie area was too crowded. Yes, jam-packed. They had about two feet between uh, displays. It couldn't even move in there. It, it was nonsense. It was Considering the aisles around it were a good 20 feet wide and empty, they could have spread out a little bit. Gave them a little bit of a... Yeah, there was, there was no reason for that to set up to... So it made it uh, made it kind of uncomfortable to almost, check out all the games. Yeah, it almost felt like a spinal tap. Where it's like, give them six inches between consoles. Okay, <laughs> no, it's supposed to be six, six feet. feet. <laughs> and we're all jammed in there, shoulder to shoulder, trying to, to play the games. While there's 20 feet of empty space around us in all directions. I, you, you can just see them walking up and going, all right, so this is the conceptual area for the indie game. No, this is the indie game area you it. requested. Yeah. 
You never keep inches and feet straight. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a perfect example of uh, of it. Um, anything else on the floor there that caught your eye, nope. tickled your fancy? Nope. I, as much as we just got out of a convention, I must admit I'm looking forward with great enthusiasm to New York Comic Con in October. Uh, I mean, it seems weird to say, but Halo 5 coming out this Christmas will be there. Mm-hmm. A new Uncharted coming out will be there. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront coming out with the movie oh. will be there. Perhaps a Star Wars panel will be there. There's a lot of yeah. stuff to start to start jonesing about that. I mean, it's, cause it's right after Christmas. Most of the, the big releases, you know, are still festering in the labs <laughs> uh but by october they're going to be pushing for that november holiday madness absolutely and there's going to be some stuff going down and uh oh yeah i can't wait to play some battlefront star That's... wars variety oh yep you won't see us nor hear from us for three solid days on that oh, one i already put in time off for the new star wars movie so i could see it three times a day you be I'm rocking a tint. IMAX, I buy the tickets. Buy the tickets? Yeah. Because they're assigned seating. So you go in and you're like, I have a seven and eight in the center. Please move. I I will not be. Please move. Please move. These are my seats. (laughs) I I must insist on it. No squatters. Oh, that's going to be a hell of a year for media. it's going to be a good time. Uh, PAX East, always a great time. I mean, unfortunately, I think they get a little diluted with uh, the PAX Prime, PAX South, PAX Australia. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's always so much money these companies have to go to different places, and I think it's starting to show with Sony picking the Jews and Nintendo skipping the last year, Ubisoft having a, a non-existent presence. I mean, it's, it's just too much. But, I mean, people didn't see the mind, so I don't think they're going to be changing much in the future. Yeah, I, I think that uh, it was interesting that... Um, I'd heard a lot of, a lot of uh, hubbub about PAX East and this and that happening, and and there was didn't seem to be anything, you know, of a, a major studio announcing anything, big time. No, no, huge. Yeah, we may be looking back upon this PAX East with some, with hindsight, as a almost a turning point. Where the days of the EAs and the Ubisofts and Sony's with the big booths have gone. When you could have a game like uh, the one, the, the game in the private showing we had there, on the bags. Gigantic. Gigantic. Gigantic, a game which by their own admission is an alpha state with no real conceptualized of how they're going to fight, you know, make money off it, has a bigger presence than Nintendo. You know, free-to-play and these Korean-backed, you know, Japanese-backed games are taking over. I mean, yeah. we, you know, we don't have the big publishers. And we're starting to see... The, I mean, it's amazing that... The, well, you that, know that, what... A, 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 an alpha game that has, has not made a, a single penny. It's flying people in from around the world to mm-hmm. help run the convention. Yeah. They got the bags. They got the shirts everywhere. They got a huge booth on the floor. They got a private room. I mean... That's crazy. Well, you know what? It smacks of the uh, Super Bowl commercials to me, where we kept seeing free-to-play app commercials 
on the Super yeah. Bowl. So you What's know it, World someone, at War? Some somebody nonsense. plunked down. Oh, it's crazy. Millions. I don't understand. Uh, uh, even feudal life. Yep. Yeah, I don't even know what kind of game it was. And they had a huge presence in the middle <laughs> of the of the floor. I mean, it's a, a real turning point here. It's an opportunity for these smaller companies to get in. As and that, there's I, there's nothing wrong with that. And it's just amazing to think about. But you're right. I think it's it might be a turning point where they're saying, okay, well we're we'll do PAX Prime or we'll do something closer to this time frame. We won't just and we're not just going to show up at the beginning of March. Yeah. And <clears throat> give you something. Yeah, I mean they have you know for a video game company you have E3. Mm-hmm. Which is the event, and you have PAX Prime, and a lot of them go to New York Comic Con because it's such a big event right before the holiday season. And then you have the GDC. how many more events do you I need mean, to get your games out there? People know. I mean, you can download demos now. You, watch you know. YouTube. Yeah, watch. You don't even have to play the game. Yeah, I sold my PS4. Is all I'm gonna do is watch the Uncharted Let's Play videos and just <laughs> watch someone play it and go to bed, not be frustrated <laughs> by the aiming at all. You know, when I'm old and I have Alzheimer's, I'll think I played it. <laughs> I I'll swear re- by I how remember, great that game I remember was. Playing that. This was the greatest game. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think that's about it for me. Any, unless there's any other things you want to talk about? No, I I just I wanted to say that I I ended on a very high note, and I it was a completely enjoyable experience for me. I don't know, I don't know where well. Of course, I know where the negativity came from. It came from the internet, and you know, the the greater the greater internet fuckwad theory. Yes, is a is a pack staple anyway. Penny arcade staple. So, I think if you you ignore a lot of crap on the internet, and you have an opportunity to go to even one day packs, I think you'll be amazed at how many kindred spirits you'll find. Yep. Just don't spend half of your day waiting in line to play a game that you'll be able to play a demo of in two weeks. Please don't do that. Yeah, go explore, have fun, and hit some hit the mini booths too. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so that's it. Hopefully, we'll be back at some point. Talk about some comedy books. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about maybe some funny maybe books. Some movie, movie news, and uh, some other stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so until next time, uh, I am Matt, senior editor. I'm Gabe, senior badass. All right. Later days. Bye. Thank you for listening to the First Comics News Podcast. Send show feedback to podcast at firstcomicsnews.com. Visit us on the web at firstcomicsnews.com for all your comic, movies, TV, and gaming news. The podcast is copyright Matthew Suchek, Patrick Crow, and Richard Barber.